I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's mentally yours. Hello and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen and I'm Yvette and today we're chatting to Martin Jones. He's a personal trainer and online body coach who lives with bipolar disorder and PTSD. We're going to be chatting to him about prison, the army and exercise. I have had mental health issues since as long as I can remember. Um, The main sort of catalyst was I was in the army from... 2005 till 2010 and I'd done a tour of Iraq and obviously seen quite a few horrendous things and a lot of stress overworked underpaid all that kind of stuff and it was on returning back to the UK about six months in and I began starting to feel a little bit different to the way that I had prior to deployment. So I I started feeling a little bit weird and always sort of on edge, always nervous. I didn't really have what people class as flashbacks or anything like that. It was just that I was always on edge, always expecting something to happen, always feeling threatened. Uh, I went to the doctors and the doctors diagnosed me uh, with PTSD. And so for me, that was a bit of a, well, I don't suffer with PTSD. I don't have mental health issues. What are you on about? It's just, obviously, I'm high functioning. I've come back. But then a few months later, it got worse. Uh, my 
attitude, demeanor, personality, everything sort of changed. I became quite aggressive. Uh, I began drinking heavily and started using substances that would never have interested me in any way prior to that. And and it just all became quite surreal. Uh, I had quite a few experiences where I was getting into fights uh, with people that I loved and cared for. Um, one instance was my dad. and uh, I became quite aggressive towards him for absolutely no apparent reason. Uh, he always looked after me. It's not my biological father, but he's as close as you can get, really. And so they decided that for me, it was best to go back to the doctor's. So I went back to the doctors and at that point they referred me to a psychiatric clinic mm. and upon like going through a program, therapy, etc., they actually diagnosed me with PTSD as well as uh, bipolar type 2 and um, just because of my reckless behaviour, my impulsivity and I'd go from manic highs to absolute lowest of the lows actually attempted suicide a couple of times um, which again is completely unlike what I was before uh, and then it just escalated and escalated I was making more sort of reckless decisions I actually ended up making quite a catastrophic mistake when I was younger and ended up getting sent to prison which again for someone that's just been through everything I'd been through was quite hard to take um the lack of support and the lack of uh, friends loved ones stuff like that around me obviously i only had half hour phone call um every couple of days so i just struggled a little bit um in that sort of basic terms really um and that's pretty much my story up until about six months ago when I'd sort sort myself out, got myself on the straight and narrow with help of therapists that I pay privately, as well as the NHS mindset coaching, uh, exercise, a lot of mindfulness, um, which I actually do as a career now. Until six months ago, everything sort of went tits up again. Uh, I split up with a long-term girlfriend who had moved from New York to England to be with me. Been together a couple of years and out of the blue she decided that it wasn't for her and she's moving back to America. And during that time we found out we were three months pregnant. And then about a couple of weeks later, found out we'd actually lost the baby, um, which sent me spiralling into a manic episode. Stopped eating, stopped drinking, uh, like water, that is, like literally just the lowest I'd ever been. Mm. Uh, actually again tried to commit suicide but thankfully my at the same time my ex called me on FaceTime and my daughter's face sort of appeared sort of mid suicidal attempt and it sort of woke me a little bit and uh, I decided that pain's always inevitable as growing up and being a human but suffering is optional and I decided to pull myself self out of the black hole along with friends therapy nhs all that sort of stuff and 
turned my life around, changed my mindset. And I went from eight stone six, which is what I went down from, from 11 stone six, back up to now 11 three again after just a few short months of practicing mindfulness, doing a lot of self care. And I don't mean facials or <laughs> like nail varnish or anything like that. I just mean looking after my body, making sure I'm eating nutritious foods, making sure that rather than thinking my negative thoughts control me, just challenging every one of them and just being a lot more positive. And it sort of turned me around and helped me go on to help the ladies that I coach in the same sort of fashion. I'm amazed at how much you've gone through. I'm sorry that you've been through so much. It's, you know, it it was tough to hear, so I'm sure it's much tougher to actually go through it. Can you tell us a bit about the coaching that you do that you mentioned? Yeah, so Hmm. I've been a personal trainer for 13 years um, since leaving the army, but ladies with anxiety and depression and body confidence issues and things like that always seemed to gravitate towards me. Uh, At the time I was a personal trainer, I would train anybody that had any kind of fitness goals. Since moving online uh, six months ago, I decided that I'm only going to work with ladies that are suffering with those sort of issues because Mm. it's a passion of mine. Obviously, I'm really strong in terms of trying to build people up, get their resilience and changing their mindset. So I do a lot of online coaching, a lot of uh, conversations with these ladies and helping them manage stressful situations and just challenging their thoughts in the same sort of way. Uh, I do a lot of self-help and I do a lot of reading and and podcasts and things like that, um, which all sort of helped. And with my experience, uh, people seem to take note and hopefully it impacts them to improve their lives. I hope you don't mind, but I mean, when you first sort of told your story and there's there's so much in there, um, could we go back a bit to some of that? And yeah, do you mind telling us a bit more about um, why it is that you went to prison and also your time in prison? Because in particular, I'd be interested to hear about the sort of support or lack of it that you had, um, given the fact that you sort of had mental health issues at the time. I actually went to prison for... Uh, I had a roadside argument with a government worker and we got into a heated debate and I just seen red and accelerated. Now it's alleged that I hit him with my car, although there was considerable number of statements that sort of suggested I didn't. But at the time I was looking to go and live in Spain. So I was told to plead guilty. I'd get a slap on the wrist, being an upstanding citizen, their words. And I actually got sent home for 12 months, and which I served six for good behaviour, uh, as I'd never caused any issues in the past, and I didn't want to continue in the same vein. And in prison I didn't really get a great deal of support mental health wise they were more interested in trying to give you drugs in terms of that that's just the way the system works I think the system's quite tragic and quite broken 
and again, we're going back 10 years, so mental health wasn't as sort of supported or as relevant as it is now. Uh, I mean, now with the use of social media, some good, some bad, there's a lot more support um, for people that are suffering. But the initial seven days, they just locked me in a cell on my own so that I couldn't self-harm because obviously I had previous experience with um, trying to commit suicide, etc. Uh, once they realised that that wasn't the case, they just put me out on the wing with pretty much everybody else, so to speak. What did the isolation of prison do to you mentally? It just gave me time to reflect, really. Mm. Uh, I've always had a fairly strong mindset, although I've had blips, obviously, with my mental health. My resilience is one of my strongest traits. Mm. So I took that time to reflect, realised that, yeah, okay, I'd made some bad decisions. But again, I'm a strong believer in what you put out, you get back. So I just used it as an opportunity to turn my life around, really. Uh, I'd come out come out of prison realising that I'm probably going to find it tough to find a job now. I've got no qualifications besides uh, A-levels and not really great deal of experience besides using weapons, which obviously <laughs> out on civilian streets is not a useful asset. So I decided to go the self-employed route, which is why I learned to become a personal trainer. Um, and that's pretty much how it shaped it really. That's amazing that you say it kind of provoked that change because when I asked the question I was worried that you would say you know the isolation made things so much worse and I was you know spiraling these untreated mental health issues. What was it that kind of helped you get to that point where you were like actually I'm gonna come out of this in a positive thing and change my life? Was it exercise for you? Not not so much I mean I used exercise mm. a lot as a coping mechanism in prison yeah. to stop the boredom to stop negative thoughts but for me like I've always had this gut feeling that I was mm. meant to impact people and in a positive way and I hadn't really lived true to myself in the way that I'd done negative things and to people around people and just trying to play up to the crowd really so it, it gave me a chance to strip back everything that was important to me. Um, my my family obviously went through a hard time with the fact that I was inside. and mm. uh, That didn't help, especially as I just got back off tour from Iraq. That put them through hell themselves. Uh, it's worse for them than it was for me because I was doing my job. And they were worried, sick, understandably. But, yeah, it was just a, a complete mindset change, the fact that I, I wasn't, I'm not one of these people that will just keep going in and out of prison because I'd seen people like that all my life and mm. that isn't what I wanted for mine. So I used it as a positive change, really. What percentage of other sort of people in prison did you would you think were also um, dealing with mental health issues? I wouldn't like to put a percentage on it because I, I believe that everybody suffers with mental health in one way or another, whether it's mm. diagnosed or not. And people have negative thoughts, people have anxiety, people have depression. It's just the way that people cope that determines that whether you're labelled, really, in my opinion. Um, and so I wouldn't like to put a percentage, but I would say a high number of them 
were struggling with anxiety and obviously they're in a similar situation they're isolated they're away from their friends their family some of them are institutionalized but a lot of them had similar sort of stories to me they just made a stupid decision at the wrong time and got caught for it I wonder if you think that this might be putting words in your mouth so please feel free to correct me if wrong (laughs) um do you feel like the bad decision and the kind of altercation would that have happened if maybe your mental health had been cared for properly or you had been receiving the right treatment um that's a great question and you can say no yeah (laughs) no in all honesty I'm not so sure um Mm. I mean, the the threat part was a big factor and Mm -hmm. that was probably the reason I snapped so quickly uh, due to being in the situations that I'd been in, trying to react rather than just stay docile. And I think obviously the underlying issues that I was suffering with my head probably contributed a little bit. Mm. But again, I don't know. I was young and I made silly mistakes, the same as everybody when they're young does and obviously the army could address mental health a little better I think it is something that they're working on because Mm. I've still got quite a considerable amount of friends family in the services and they tend to be a little bit more supported than I was as well as a couple of friends that come out the same time as me I know they've gone through hell as well some of them are not quite as fortunate and they're not here now and due to things like that so yeah I think with the right support potentially it may not have happened but I wouldn't like to sort of guess and say it's Mm. their fault because at the end of the day it it was my decision that caused that and we're in control of our own thoughts whether we want to be or not. You mentioned the aggression that was sort of to do with your bipolar disorder and I'm really grateful that you did mention that because I don't know that we've talked about that much on the podcast in terms of the aggression, how were you dealt with by mental health services? Uh, I wasn't, in all honesty. Uh, it was the case of, you're aggressive, the police are going to deal with it. And that was it, really. I mean, in terms of the mental health side of it, when I was having therapy, they sort of shied away from that and just sort of labelled it as, well, it's PTSD, that's okay to do that. But Obviously, I know that that wasn't the case because I've suffered with PTSD through my time in Iraq, coming back, etc. And it just felt completely different. Uh, As say, with PTSD, it was when I felt threatened that I'd turn aggressive. With the way that I felt, it wasn't that I was threatened. It was the fact that something changed biochemically inside me and it just made me go off and there wasn't any sort of triggers or anything like that it was just that's how I felt at the time so that's how I'm going to react and it's a little bit different to sort of PTSD in that respect I feel. Yeah I mean I think that's fairly common as well in terms of when it's reported as one of the things with bipolar disorder that you can sort of um, when you're in a manic phase have a much shorter temper and Mm-hmm. You know, have a lot less patience, so it's not unusual. I wanted to ask you as well, how's your relationship sort of now with your dad after the incident with him? Um, because I know that was really difficult for you at the time. 
I mean, fair football, <laughs> nearly. Um, no, fair play to my dad. Like he's always just been there and supported me. Uh, I nearly swore then, so <laughs> you're that's fine. <laughs> I know, but I, I try and stop it as much as I can. I'm quite potty mouth. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been supportive the whole time. He's he understands that it isn't me just being a prick. Um, <laughs> it was going so well, uh, right? So he like understood you. that it was me suffering with the way I was suffering rather than it's just me acting out because I was trying to prove that I'm the alpha male and as I say he's always sort of supported me my relationship wins never changed and it just shows the testament to my dad how much of a rock he is to me and my entire family really my mum's in hospital and she has been for six months and very critically ill and he is been there 100% solid for all of us as it's been a constant since the 15 16 years that he's been in our lives I think my last question mm-hmm. is what's your mental state like now and these days and how are you looking after yourself yeah I'm the strongest I've ever been mentally uh, I had I hit rock bottom as I said in mm-hmm. January going through everything I went through in such a short space of time, as I say, my mum critically ill, my long-term partner breaking up with me out of the blue, the mm. miscarriage, just the, I just set up a new business. We just moved into a really expensive country house and I hadn't got a business to sort of pay the rent or anything. Mm. So it gave me the drive. It, I'd done a lot of sort of soul-searching, found my reason why. And for me, it's my daughter. I I started my business so I could give her everything she wanted in life. And for me, that's the strongest barrier that you can have. Find a reason why you're here. Find lessons from the negatives. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. It's 90% of how you react rather than the 10% of the things that actually happen to you. Goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Bring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. Uh, helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.